0: Lord, we ask and we call forth for the anointing, that you would anoint our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our heart to be receptive to all that you have for us this day. And we choose, Lord, we choose to be a doer of what we hear, and not just a hearer, but we choose to be a hearer. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor in the precious, holy name of Jesus. God bless you, you may be seated Thank you Chris, it was wonderful It's always so good just to to worship the Lord And come into his presence So good, so good In my very first encounter I had with the Lord I was eight years old And I was in a, I guess you would just call it A little Sunday school class on Saturdays And it was called Saturday morning roundup and uh, this particular morning We weren't able to meet in the church So the, the missionary said Now boys and girls next week we're going to have to meet In somebody's home And I thought oh no we can't do that <laughs> if We're going to learn about God We have to come to God's house God doesn't come to people's houses I thought oh we, that's not going to be a good thing But um, The next Saturday came and we all went to this Lady's house and I thought oh no God's not going to be here This isn't going to be a good thing <laughs> And uh, the lady said, oh, I don't think I'm going to have room for all you kids today. I think there must have been about six of us or so. And she said, oh, I don't have room for that. And she said, but if you want to, you can go downstairs in my cellar. And I thought, oh, no, God would never be in the cellar. <laughs> never, never. Because this was back in Nebraska, and all of our cellars were dark, damp, dirty, dingy. We had the coal furnace down there, you know, and my dad was a fisherman, and we had a big number two wash tub filled with night crawlers, and I thought, oh, no, God God is not going to be down there with the worms and in the dark. And, and, uh, but there was no room, and the missionaries' girls said, boys and girls, let's just, let's just sing a song to Jesus, and then we'll have to go home because there's no room here. I thought, oh, yeah, I could have told you last week this ain't going to work. <laughs> but um, So we began to sing a song, and all of a sudden, I sensed the presence of God in that dark, damp, dirty, dingy cellar. And, I, I had, and the aroma in that place just suddenly became so sweet. And I never heard, I was only eight years old, I had never heard the term holy ground. But I knew, I thought, I am on holy ground. And then I heard the Lord whisper to me, and he says, Marilyn, wherever you are, I am and so we always want to remember no matter where we are in, a, in the natural realm or in a situation of our life he is always there so faithful and his mercies again they're new every every morning Amen. well we know Pastor Chris is in Ireland and, and uh, I just came back from that same church <laughs> just a few months ago so I know exactly where he's at and who he's preaching to And uh, so, but I've been already to Ireland and Poland and Germany or not Germany, Switzerland and Italy already this year. In a couple of weeks, I leave for Germany. But in all four of those countries that I've already been to, I saw a hunger for the word of God like I haven't seen in a long time. And I think it has something to do with COVID. I think eyes had been open to some things. But they were so hungry. Every time we went out to dinner, I could hardly eat. They just kept asking me questions after questions after questions. So I, this is wonderful. Just they want to know more about the Holy Spirit, about how the anointing works, and so it was just it was just glorious. And uh, so I just uh, was thrilled and, and happy that Pastor Chris is there. Our Pastor, uh, I keep saying Chris, <laughs> Pastor Chip is there. And uh, like I say, I know right where he's at, but. Um, I want to thank this church for having me come again. It's always an honor to be here and partner with you. And by the way, I have some partnership cards. If any of you, some of you already individually partner with me, so you can feel free to get a partnership card back there on the, on the shelf later. How many of you had seen the movie uh, Jesus Revolution? How many? You haven't seen that movie. Have you heard about the movie? You ought to see it. I don't know if it's still playing in this area, but it took place in California at a place called Pirate's Cove. And it's only about, about an hour from where I live. And so it was advertised that a number of churches in Southern California decided they were gonna to get together and have a water baptism at Pirate's Cove. It was just right about the same time that the movie was being played there in uh, California. And they had 4,000 people registered, plus anybody that just came, they just kind of wanted to have a record and I forget how many churches were involved but, uh, and you have to climb up this, all these cliffs to get to the top and then once you're at the top, you go down a a long stairway to get to the cove, because the cove is down at the bottom and you're right there at the water and I thought, boy, I'm going to be there at that event and I am going to help out, (laughs) because it was just you have to see the movie, I mean it's a true story, and, um I got to be in charge of line 14. (laughs) So I was able to tell the people, okay, it's your turn now to uh, get into the water to be baptized. But there was this constant roar of cheers and people crying. And, and some of them, uh, they would just run in the water to see their family getting baptized and get a close-up picture of them and just hug them. And it was just, I mean, this is Southern California. It's really good. And the week before, Rodney Howard Brown was in Southern California. I couldn't get to go to that meeting. But then the following week, Marie, Mario Marillo was there. So I went to that meeting. So This is Southern California. (laughs) So we're excited about things that are happening in California. And we focus on the good and pray that God turns the bad around. Amen. Because he's the God of turning all things around, all things around, because he does answer prayer. Amen. I have a few things on the back, on the shelf back there. I'll just mention a couple things. One of them is, I forgot to bring the fresh copy of it. It's my daily delight in the Lord. Now, this one looks pretty tattered and torn, because it's my copy. This is my copy, and it's about daily delighting in the Lord. The key word is daily. We delight with Him daily. If you ever buy this book, in a couple months it should look like this. It needs to look like this. But, you know, it just talk, the very first part of it talks about developing intimacy with the Lord, to draw close to him. The Bible says, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. It's about intimacy with the Lord. And then there's different chapters in there, one on, we, that we were created to worship, that we come pure in his presence and that we enter into his courts with praise. I do that one every day, the praise one, because I just, I just praise before I even begin to think about praying and asking for anything. And then there's one on bold, um, proclaiming faith confessions with boldness. And then also for if you're an ambassador for the Lord And you are all ambassadors for Christ So it talks about that And there's financial blessings And there's a section in there for healing And there's a section in there for praying for your nation and, Or your loved ones And I always pray for America And I pray that America Hungers and thirsts after righteousness And shall come back to the land of her own borders That America loves the Lord with all of her heart With all of her strength With all of her might We need to keep praying for America because God changes things around. You know, years ago, um, my very first trip to Slovakia, and I asked the pastor there, I said, were you ever afraid of having an underground church and not having any freedom? And he said, I wasn't afraid, but it wasn't because I was so brave. It was because hiding and having to have a different location for a church every Sunday, it was normal it was normal that we couldn't have a church. It was normal that we had to hide and have an underground church. It was normal for us to not have any freedom. And then he said, but as prayer got stronger in the church, communism was getting weaker. And then he said, finally, it got to the place where I was able to cross the border. And when I crossed the border, he said, the first thing I saw I almost cried when he said this. The first thing I saw was freedom. I saw what normal is supposed to be like. And the second thing he saw was color. See, in communism, color was taken away. Everything was black, white, or gray. You wore white or gray or black. Every building was white. No color, no color whatsoever. And he said while he he was on the other side of the border, he was able to pick up some Christian literature. And when he came back over the border to come home, the Gestapo saw that literature. And so they started spying on him. And he said his wife got a little frightened because sometimes the spies would show up to where he was going to be before he even got there. But then he kept saying, but prayer... Prayer just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And you can look this up on the internet. It's called the Velvet Revolution. It was about six or seven weeks right after the Berlin Wall went down that they had, in che- at that time it was called Czechoslovakia. At that time, Czechoslovakia, he said it was about six or seven weeks after the Berlin Wall went down that in Czechoslovakia they had what they called the Velvet Revolution because communism stopped in one day. He said everything stopped. In one day it turned around. One day because prayer got stronger in the church. So don't think in one day things can't turn around here if we keep praying. Isn't that encouraging that prayer can change things and turn it all around? So... I don't know why I said all that this morning, but I just wanted to share. So I do have some things on the back again. I have, some of you probably have this little shower card. It's designed to to go in the bathroom. It's laminated, so I hang mine on the opposite side of the water spout. And there's scriptures for health and wealth. And I had those two topics because those are the two areas where the devil will attack you the most in your health or in your finances. You know, the Bible says that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Light your path first thing in the morning. even Right there in the shower. Amen. How am I take a shower? might take a shower here? <laughs> there you go. This is a card. It's called The Battle is the Lord's. And we know the battle is his. And it talks about, Therefore, Lord, you deliver me from the snare of the fowler. You deliver me from unreasonable attacks. You break down the wall of separation. You laugh at the plots of the wicked. You enlighten my understanding. You make the crooked places straight. It talks about all the things the Lord does. And then it says, therefore, I, in exchange, will enter into your courts with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. And then on this side, i got numerous praise scriptures. It just fits so comfortably right in your Bible. By the way, I have a brand new book. I was hoping to have that new book here this week, but it won't be ready till next week. But we do have it on the screen just to show you. It's called Faith, Three Methods of Operation. And I realized that as I was receiving all of my miracles in life, that I used my faith in three different ways. And one of, the th- one of the ways that you can use your faith is receiving faith. There's receiving faith. Another way that I talk about in the book is aggressive Faith you have to be Very aggressive in certain situations But like for example salvation You don't have to be aggressive to receive Salvation you just believe And receive that's receiving Faith but there's times when the devil Attacks you have to be very Very aggressive and the last one Is defensive Faith so you can order this Because the picture should be on our website Within another week but um, This book will be available in one week, so don't miss out. And then this, some of you have probably received this, Instructions from the Great Physician. This is the book that went number one on Amazon in two categories. And it talks about the healing power of God and how you take... God's medicine. But you have to understand the instructions. If you don't understand the instructions, you won't know how to apply the word. So God's word is medicine. It isn't kind of like medicine. It isn't sort of like medicine. But one thing I love about God's medicine that's different than man's medicine, no negative side effects. Right, Bob? No negative side effects. How often awesome is that? (laughs) And so you can double up, triple up, quadruple up, Whatever you need, you can just take as much medicine as you want because you can't overdose. Can't overdose. Impossible to overdose. This one, my three miracles, the journey. This talks about all three of my miracles, but it's not just the testimony. It talks about the journey I went through to receive those miracles. And there's one section, I think it's the very first chapter, it talks about not just faith, but a spirit of faith. The more you're in the word of God and you feed your faith, you get to the place that the Bible talks about a spirit of faith. See, we've all been given faith, but you've got to get to that place where you have a spirit of faith. And a spirit of faith is like an attitude, like, hmm, I refuse to be defeated. It's an attitude. Amen. A spirit of faith is the one that wins. Then I have this little daily power bar for, scripture, uh, for healing There's it's filled with script, uh, scripture cards for healing But let me just show you how it works Giving you the instructions It says, and starts off with Proverbs 4 My son, pay attention to my words You have to know the instructions So there's a prayer in the back Somehow this one got a lot of order And this little prayer says Spirit of, let's just say for example Maybe you have, we'll say diabetes Spirit of diabetes In the name of Jesus I pull you down from your position of authority. I break the part of assignment you have against me, for it is written. And then you go back and you find one of those healing scriptures that just really bears witness with you. And then you proclaim it is written, and then you speak what is written. So this is how this little packet works. You just take authority over that spirit, name what it is, and say, and I break your hold in Jesus' name. And then the other book I have is called uh, Guidelines, Praying for the Sick. I think I was only able to bring a few of those. But it's such a powerful book because we all are supposed to be praying for the sick. But there's one chapter in here that talks about why some people don't receive healing. And that is so important because the more you understand not just how healing works, but what, what is the problem that keeps us from receiving healing, that helps you to be more bold and confident when you're praying for the sick. So we have a lot of tools back there. I just want to encourage you to go back to that table. Cammie, can I just hand these to you? And you can just hold them for me. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to have my daughter with me today. (laughs) We had a lot of fun yesterday, for sure. Well, my message today, I've titled it, Why Some Prayers Aren't Answered. Have you ever wondered why maybe your prayer hasn't been answered? Because we've all been there, haven't we? we we've been there. So I want to first of all look at the Gospel of John. In John chapter 10, <clears throat> verse 11, this is Jesus speaking. And he says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Why does he do that? Because he's good and because he loves us. So he has given his life for us. And then we drop down to verse 27. It says, my sheep hear my voice. So if you're born again, you are one of the sheep of his pasture. But not every sheep, everyone hears his voice. So in order to hear his voice, we have to draw close. If you're talking to your friend and they're halfway down the block, they're probably not going to hear what you say. But when you're close to your friends, you can hear what they're saying. And Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. So that implies we're close in proximity to hearing the voice. And then he says, and they know me. So when you're close to the Lord, you're going to begin to develop a deeper fellowship with him, more intimacy. Again, it's about that book, My Daily Delight. You develop intimacy with the Lord. And then he says, and they follow me. So once you're intimate with the Lord and you hear his voice, you will follow him. So he says, my sheep hear my voice. In other words, they draw close to me and I get to know them. We fellowship together. He knows your voice and you know his voice and they follow me. Now, I want to read a scripture out of the book of Genesis. You don't have to turn there, but it's in Genesis chapter 3. This is where God is speaking to Adam. And he says to Adam, God said, Who told you you were naked? God said that to Adam. Who told you that? It isn't that God didn't know. He is just wanting Adam. You just think about that question and think about the answer. Who told you that you were naked? On a personal level, Who told you that you'll never amount to anything? Who told you you'll never prosper? You'll never walk in the blessings of God? Who told you your condition is inoperable? Who told you your condition is hopeless and terminal? Who told you that it wasn't the good shepherd? The good shepherd has never told that to anybody. Who told you it's Hereditary and you just have to live with it, not the good shepherd. See, when you're born again and you become a part of the family of God, you take on God's DNA. Mm-hmm. Healing and wholeness and prosperity, that's our hereditary. That's, that's what we are in our inheritance. My heredity is healing and wholeness and the blessings of God. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. By my stripes you are healed. I am the good shepherd. I have a full supply for whatever you need. So why is it we can know the word of God, we can pray the word of God, we can pray the will of God, but still we don't always receive. Something is wrong here. What is the problem? <clears throat> In Mark eleven twenty three. You probably know this scripture, but it says, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever, that means any human being can do this, whoever, whoever shall say to this mountain, what is a mountain, a negative situation in your life? Whoever says to this situation, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. Now, you can have doubt in your head and still have faith in your heart and receive. You just take authority over those doubts. But it says, if you do not doubt in your heart, but you shall believe in your heart, then those things that you say shall come to pass. You will have whatever you say when it comes from your heart. So we must believe in our heart. You see, we live in two realms. We live in the natural realm, And we live in a spiritual realm. And there's far too many people, even believers, that live out of the natural realm, the realm of emotions, the realm of the mental realm, out of logic and reasoning. If you live out of the realm of logic and reasoning, if you're always living out of the realm of your emotions, your prayer will not be answered because you have to pray from the spiritual realm, not, not out of fear, not out of head knowledge, not out of logic and reasoning. So you can come to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, get filled with knowledge, so much knowledge, but knowledge alone will not bring healing. Knowledge alone will not bring forth a quality of life. Just knowledge alone will not do that. Knowledge alone will not change anything. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. Knowledge without spiritual understanding. Knowledge without wisdom is dead. So faith comes by hearing. So first of all, we start by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. And then spiritual understanding begins to take place. And then once you've got that spiritual understanding, then you begin to believe from your heart because now that word has gotten into your spirit. And once you believe from your heart, then God's place is, he brings it all to pass. It'll all come to pass. But once again, knowledge alone will not bring forth healing, nor will it improve the quality of of our life. So we're going to look at a story today out of the Gospel of Mark. And this is when Jesus was up on the mountain and he had invited Peter, James, and John to go with him. And when they were up there they experienced the transfiguration of Jesus. They never expected, you know, they're they're climbing up, you know, Jesus always went to the mountains. He was always going up there to be alone to pray with the Father. But Peter, James, and John, they're fishermen. They're fishermen. But this day, the Bible says, God asked them to go with him. And it says they went up to a high mountain. This was not just a little hill. He said, we're going to go up to a high mountain. You can just imagine they're huffing and puffing going up that mountain because they're not used to it. Peter probably said, are we there yet? Are we there yet? But when they got up there, they experienced something they had never, ever imagined what would happen when they experienced the transfiguration with Jesus they were the inner circle. They were invited to go with them. But when they came down the mountain, there the other disciples were, and there was a multitude of people down there, and they were all talking. And then it says, one of the multitude spoke, and he said to Jesus, I brought unto you my son, which has a dumb spirit. This is in Mark 9, verse beginning in verse 17. And wherever he takes him, he tears him. He throws, this demonic spirit throws this, Person, this boy, into convulsions. And then it says, and he foams at his mouth. He's gnashing with his teeth, and he pines away. That means he continues to get weaker and weaker and weaker. And I spoke to your disciples that they should cast out this demon, but they could not. They could not do it. Now this was a very dramatic scene. At one point, Jesus asks the father, how long has your son been this way? And he said, since he was a child. So evidently, evidently he's not a young child anymore. We don't know how old he is. Maybe he's uh, 18, 19, maybe he's in his 20s. We have no idea. It doesn't tell us, but he's been this way since he was a child. Can you just imagine this father had to watch his son 24-7 because it also said that many times this demon would throw him into the fire to be burned to death or into the water to be drowned. This father had to constantly be on watch with this son. It's a very sad situation, but it's dramatic because this convulsion, this is demonic-enforced. It's not. You know, some people can have convulsions. This one is demonic. So this young boy, or however old he is, he falls to the floor. He's having convulsions. He's. I mean, shaking, severely shaking. His head probably banging against the ground. His eyes rolling up in his head. He's foaming from the mouth. He's gnashing at his teeth. I mean, he probably isn't dressed well. Maybe you could even see the burn scars on his arms. Maybe some open wounds. I mean, this is a very heartbreaking situation for this father, but for these people to see this. And again, just, just a very, even gross. I mean, if you're seeing somebody demonically foaming at the mouth and shaking severely. This is a dramatic scene, demonic activity that these disciples are seeing. And then in verse 18, the father says, your disciples could not help me. And then in verse 19, we hear Jesus speaking. And he says, oh, faithless, faithless generation, How long shall I be with you? It almost sounds like there's a frustration in the voice of Jesus. Hey, you guys, I need you to get a hold of this. I'm not going to be here very long. I need you to learn how to cast out demons, pray for the sick. I need you to learn how to do this because I have to build my house through you guys. I need you to get a hold of this. You got to get out of boot camp and start doing some things. I mean, you could almost hear the frustration. How long am I going to be with you? And then in verse 20, they brought the boy to Jesus. And when he saw him, immediately that spirit Caused the boy to go into convulsions. Again, foaming at the mouth, severely shaking. He falls to the ground. It says he's foaming at his mouth. Again, very, very heartbreaking, a very dramatic scene. And Jesus rebuked the Spirit, and the boy was healed. And then in verse 28, it says, When he came into the house, his disciples asked him privately, How come we couldn't do that (laughs) why could we not cast him out on a personal level why are our prayers sometimes not answered on a person how come how come our prayer isn't answered their prayer wasn't answered now these disciples had seen many miracles the blind to see the deaf to hear the lame to walk feeding 5,000 people with just two fishes and five loaves of bread. They saw the raising of the dead of Lazarus. They saw Jesus speaking to the wind and the storm and and calming the sea, even when they were in a boat thinking they were going to drown, even experienced a miracle themselves. And Jesus just calmed everything down. They've seen these dramatic things even saw Jesus speak to a tree, and, well, in fact, if the tree died, that's it, you know. (laughs) They've seen all these things. They've seen so many miracles. So what's the problem with this one? Just perhaps, just perhaps, I'm just speculating because the Bible doesn't tell us why wasn't their prayer answered. Just perhaps it was something so unfamiliar to them. Maybe they had never seen because it's wonderful when a blind eye is open, when the lame get up and walk. These are wonderful miracles, feeding 5,000. I was telling my grandchildren about this story about feeding the 5,000, and then when it, they had 12 baskets left over, and my granddaughter says, well, where'd those other baskets come from? I thought, well, that's a good question. I never thought, where'd all the other baskets come from? I said, but anyway, they saw this, this miracle but this one, this one's different. Could it be that it was so unfamiliar to them that they just just got into the emotional realm? Now I can remember the very first time I went to Africa, and I was on a medical mission clinic, a medical clinic. We were doing evangelism, but also medical clinics, way out in the bush of Africa. Before we could even leave the United States, we had to look at videos and see pictures over and over and over again, again, of people with horrifying diseases. We had to see pictures of horrible people with leprosy. We had to see horrible, horrible things that we've never seen in the United States. We had to look at this before we got there so that when we saw it live, we didn't react because we'd already seen it. Because we're over there to help those people. We cannot get into the emotional realm. We cannot get into the natural realm. We have to be strong. We have to stay in the anointing. Do not react. And I mean we saw horrifying things. I don't know if you've ever seen people with leprosy. When you're in in Nairobi, further into the city, you will see people sitting on the ground along the side of the road, outside of town. Lepers, a whole row of lepers. And they'll have their face covered, either a blanket or a scarf or something, because their face is covered with boils, open oozing sores. I saw a man who didn't have a nose. There's just a hole there. An open wound. Very, very gross. We don't react. Oh, I've seen that before. Mm -hmm. I've seen that before. We could not react. I saw a 16-year-old girl with leprosy, already losing her toes. It's heartbreaking. There's no sanitation when you're way out in the bush, and they live with animals, and they don't have shoes on, so they're walking in filth all the time. And so they develop worms in their stomach. I've seen people that had worms so bad that when they cough, they cough up live worms. Gross. We're seeing gross things. I saw a man; his his leg had this horrible, huge, open wound, deep wound. If his and gangrene, if it wasn't amputated within a few days, he's not going to make it. We've seen little babies. Uh, The mother lives in a small, small hut and she has a fire on the ground to to heat up water, to to cook something. When her baby is born, when he's old enough to roll over, he doesn't know what, he just rolls over into the fire. We've seen babies where there was, all the flesh was burned off and these babies are screaming in pain. There's so many flies because there's no sanitation. I've seen flies, three and four flies on a tongue of a baby when he's crying. No reaction. We don't react because we've seen it before. Maybe in this situation, again, I'm speculating, but maybe what the, the, these disciples are seeing, this horrible scene with this man having these demonic convulsions, demonic convulsions, foaming at the mouth, gnashing, banging his head, Maybe this is something so unfamiliar and they go, oh, my goodness, my goodness. Or maybe they just felt pressured because it's a multitude of people. Or I don't don't know. But there's something that happened that they were not able to get their prayer answered. Just perhaps they were in the mental, emotional realm. There's no anointing in the emotional realm. There's no anointing. There's no move of the supernatural in the emotional realm. See, we live in two realms, the natural realm and the supernatural realm. No miracles take place from the mental realm. No anointing for miracles in the natural realm. And it's the same for us. If we're praying from emotional realm, from the mental realm, our prayers will not be answered because there's no active faith in the emotional realm. If you're worried, then you can't pray in faith because faith believes. Worry lacks faith. Amen? And so Jesus said, when the disciples said, well, how come we couldn't do that? Well, Jesus said, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Well, prayer and fasting needs to be a lifestyle because we have to be ready in season and out. Amen? Amen. Jesus, again, always went to the mountains to pray. Well, we are told in Jude 20, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. That has to be a lifestyle, that you pray in the Spirit. When When you're in the shower, pray in the Spirit when you're in the shower, when you're driving in the car. Pray in the spirit at all times, all times. Always be ready in season and out. It keeps you out of the emotional realm when you're built up. Wisdom, you'll get wisdom on how to deal with certain situations in your life. The answer comes when you're tuned in to the Holy Spirit. For me, when I fast, one thing I like about fasting, it causes the ear of my spirit to, To be more in tune with the voice of the Father. I want to hear what He has to say to to Him or to me. You know the story of Jesus when He was speaking to Jairus and the story about the woman with the issue of blood. And Jesus is waiting, or Jairus is waiting for Jesus to come to His house to pray for His daughter so she will live and not die. But while He's talking to the woman, one of the servants from Jairus' house comes to Him and says, It's too late. She already died. Jesus heard those words. Immediately, he turned around to Jairus and he said two things. The first thing he said was, fear not. In other words, he's telling Jairus, do not get into the emotional realm. You can imagine if someone just told you your child died, oh, you're going to get into the emotional realm. But if you're built up, and he's telling Jairus, no, do not Get into the emotional realm. Fear not. And then he said, only believe. Believe what? He's telling Jairus, you said, if I come to your house, she will live and not die. Don't ever change your testimony just when the situation goes the opposite direction that you were expecting it to go. He's telling, don't change your testimony. Don't get into the mental realm, the emotional realm, and think, well, it's too late now. It's never, it's never too late for God. Amen. So on a personal note, who told you your situation is impossible with God? Who told you that? It wasn't the voice of the good shepherd. It's never, you know, the doctor might say, well, I've tried everything, it's hopeless. No, who told you that? Not, not the good shepherd Jesus says in in Mark 9, 23, if you can believe, if you can believe what I said in my word, all things are possible to the one that chooses to believe and not waver. So how do we turn these situations around? How do we get our prayer answered? Well, Jesus goes on to say, and this part was in Matthew in the same story, but Jesus says, I say to you, if you have faith, as a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it shall move, and nothing shall be impossible. That's pretty awesome. You can speak to it say, from. you move from here, you get off of this body, and you go. You leave from here, and it will leave. It will move if we believe. So nothing, it says, nothing shall be impossible with mustard seed faith. So let's talk about the mustard seed faith for just a moment. The mustard seed is a small seed, a very small seed, but it's not the smallest of seeds, but it is a small seed. But Jesus is not promoting small faith. And he's not referring to the size of the seed when he's talking about the mustard seed. He's referring to the Quality of the mustard seed. So let's look at the qualities. You know the story about David and Goliath. David was a small boy. Goliath was a giant. But David conquered Goliath, not by his size, but by the quality of his faith. So number one, the mustard seed. This is so dynamic about the mustard seed. The mustard seed has rapid Growth. It is a very fast growing seed. So if we have mustard seed faith, you can look at Isaiah 58 8 and it says, Your health is restored speedily. So our body, we can expect our body to have rapid recovery, not six to 12 month recovery like the doctor said. Who said it has to take six to 12 months for recovery? not the good shepherd, if you've got mustard seed faith, you can have rapid recovery in your... I think that's awesome. Your body can have rapid recovery. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, and the second thing is, the mustard mustard seed is unaffected by its surroundings. In other words, we should not be affected by when the negative reports come in or those symptoms increase. We should not be affected by our surroundings. Don't be affected. Don't get into the emotional realm when something happens when you don't expect it. I can remember my miracles. I can remember when I had a double malaria. I was told I had hours, not days. I was down to hours left to live. My daughter was notified. She's getting ready to fly out to the hospital. She was living in Cincinnati. I'm in Oklahoma. I had hours left to live. They already told my son, your mother's mother's going. I thought, no, no. And most of the time I was unconscious, but when I was conscious, and and the doctors in Maryland, um, you won't be here by this afternoon. And I thought, no, it is written, I will not die, but live. And I fell asleep. And I woke up, and it was dark in the room, and I thought, it's just the middle of the night. And this might sound funny, but it wasn't funny. My first thought was, I'm still alive. I thought, I'm not dead yet. And I thought, as long as I have breath, I can fight. And I thought, the devil is going to see me sitting up in bed. Now, when, if you've ever been around anybody who's on their deathbed, they're weak, they're frail. Malaria destroys your liver, your kidneys, your spleen, and your blood. I was on my deathbed in just one week. My blood was destroyed. My, my whole body was yellow and swollen. Everything is shutting down. You have a very, my fever was over 105. But I woke up in that dark room and I thought, the devil was going to see me sitting up in bed, and I took a hold of the support bars, and I began to pull. I had so I was so weak, but you know, if you start fighting, the greater one on the inside, of you, he's going to, mm, he's going to help you. He's going to push. I mean, I just felt like the Holy Spirit. Was, you can do it. You can. I'm helping you. And I, got, I sat up in the upright position, and with a frail. Because I had no volume anyway. When you're about to die, there's no volume. You don't have anything. With a whisper, a whisper, I took authority over that spirit of malaria. And it was just like the woman with the issue of blood when it says she immediately felt she was healed of that plague. When I took that authority that time, which I had done whenever I was awake during that week, instantly I thought, the plague, I was just delivered from the plague I mean, I'm healed. <laughs> and, you know, even if it's with, just with a whisper. You know, I can remember one time when I was in Africa, and uh, actually it was my first time, and I was preaching in this church. And uh, it was a big church, all the women on one side, the men on the other side. And the pastor took an hour to introduce me. First he took an hour to introduce the bishop up in Ireland. Then he took an hour <laughs> to introduce me, so two hours of introduction and then the last thing he said before he called me up, he said, now we know what the Bible says about the women speaking in the church. Thought, now why is he going that direction? He said, we know what the Bible says about the women speaking in the church. And then he said, so we will see if she is of God or not. And I thought, er, that's it. <laughs> I thought, oh, Lord. And I was all by myself. You know. and, but they liked me. But halfway through the message, halfway through, some man came in the now we're not in a beautiful church building. We have half a roof and just maybe one wall here, and I mean, you're in the bush. they don't have buildings. And some man comes in and he shouted five words in Swahili. just five words. Everybody jumped up and ran out of the church. I thought. I'd like to say five words and see if everybody would jump up and run into the church. I thought, what? And my translator, he starts to run out. I grabbed him. I said, wait, what did that man say? He said, the cow fell in the pit. I thought, the cow? Wow. Of course, the cow's important. They all run out. I, said, well, I want to see this cow. What's going on out here? So here is this big cow. He must have been walking backwards because now he's in this pit. His feet are on the ground, and he's in an upright. And his hooves are up. And he's just clawing, and he's st- the whole body of this cow is in this deep pit. And you, could, you can almost see fear in this cow. I mean, he's just you know. And so they try to pull him. With the, they took hold of his feet and his hooves and started. Pulling, they couldn't pull him. So one native jumped into that pit. He squeezed down into that pit. Got behind that cow, and he started to push as they were pulling. And I thought, that's exactly what the Holy Spirit does. He gets behind us, and if you're trying to... He's going to push you out of the pit of your life. He'll just push you. And I, when I was in that room that day, and I just, I just felt the Holy Spirit, I'm going to help. I'll just push, push. If you just have that bulldog tenacity to fight the Holy Spirit, you're going to push you right out of your pit. Amen. But, you know, when you want to be built up. So we should never be affected by our surroundings. When those negative reports flood flood in, and they will, the symptoms get worse. Do not be affected by your surroundings. A mustard seed is, um, it will never take on the characteristic traits of another seed. Never, never, never. Now, let me read this to you. In gardens, many varieties of vegetables will take on the characteristics of other plants surrounding it. The mustard seed is not like that. A mustard seed—you can actually put a mustard seed right on top of another seed, put it in that ground, cover it with dirt. That mustard seed will never take on the characteristics of that other seed. I used to—I used to live in Nebraska, and I had a huge garden. Cami, remember this big garden we had in our back field, and I had. I loved to garden, so I had all my tomatoes and my radishes and my peas all on one side. And then over here, I planted all my cucumbers and my watermelons and my cantaloupes, because they're all viney, so I planted all those over there. Well, harvest time came. I thought, oh boy, I'm gonna pick some cucumbers and make some pickles, and oh, the cucumbers tasted terrible. It's kind of like a melon thing, you know, and the melons tasted kind of like a cucumber. Well, I had to throw them all away. I, I didn't know that those viney plants would cross pollinate and they took on the character traits of one another. A mustard seed will never do that. But on a personal level, it matters who we associate with, it matters the church you attend because your faith can cross pollinate with a negative, someone who's negative who doesn't have faith like you have. That's why sometimes you don't have to share everything with people who are not like-minded with you because they can pull you down. Don't cross-pollinate your faith. Don't put yourself in that kind of situation. It says we are to guard our heart. When you guard your heart, you're guarding your faith. You need to stay... This is such an awesome church, and you need to be praying for your pastors, for Pastor Chip, for Pastor Chris, all the time. And not only invite people, bring people. There's people out here driving up and down this street right now, probably going to go to hell. There might be somebody that you know. You want to bring them to church where their whole life can be changed in an environment like this. So we need to guard our faith. Our faith should be like that of a mustard seed. It was given to us from God, pure. It was pure, and it never changes so we need to guard and keep our faith pure. So don't cross-pollinate your faith with someone who does have, has no faith. So no matter the conditions, our faith can have mustard seed growth. Mustard seed growth. So how do we develop our faith to become mustard seed faith? Well, first of all, in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning of verse 17, these are the prayers of the Apostle Paul. You should pray them every single day. Feed your faith. It says, The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation of the knowledge of him so that the eyes of your understanding are enlightened. Again, knowledge alone can do nothing without spiritual understanding, without wisdom. And then in Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 16 that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened in might by God's Spirit in the inner man, that Christ would dwell in your heart through faith, that you would be rooted and grounded in love and be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know, not in your head, but know in your heart, know the love of God that passes Natural understanding. We need to know these things so that we can walk in all the blessings of God. You need to be able to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. Don't be moved by other voices. In closing, Jeremiah 29:11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace, thoughts of prosperity, thoughts of healing, thoughts of wholeness. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that we can draw close, that we can hear the voice of the good shepherd every breathing moment of our life. So I would pray if there's anybody here today, if you have never asked Jesus to come into your life, this can be the greatest day of your life, and it's the most easy prayer that you would ever have to pray. And when you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you are guaranteed two things. First, you're guaranteed that when you leave this earth you would reign in heaven with God the Father forever and ever and ever. The second thing that you're guaranteed is while you're on the earth the Holy Spirit will come and live within you. He will be your strengthener, your helper, your inward voice. He will never, never leave it. You are guaranteed those two things there's anybody here today you've never prayed those prayers i would be so honored to pray that prayer with you is there anybody here you've never asked jesus to come into your heart anybody at all you've never asked jesus into your heart we're all saved you all know that you're going to go to heaven just lift your hand if i you know that you're going to go to heaven hallelujah praise god well bring someone next week who doesn't know that amen and one last thing if you If you have sickness in your body and you would like me to pray with you, I would be so honored to do that. You know, we're having healing school this afternoon, and I'm going to give you some opportunities during healing school to also ask some questions about healing. So be thinking about this afternoon before you come to healing school. If you have a question about healing, um, you're going to have an opportunity to ask. But if you're here this morning and you have pain or sickness in your body, you would like me to pray with you. I'm going to invite you just to come up here quickly. Anybody at all? You'd like to have prayer? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Can you just make a line over here? Sure. Thank you. When you come up and remember, <clears throat> Jesus is the healer. I'm not the healer, but he says that we can lay hands on the sick. He anoints us to be his representative. So when you come up here for prayer, I don't want you to be praying. This is the time that you just receive, not to talk to the Father, but to receive from the Father. And you know, a symptom might come at three o'clock this afternoon. Well, we're not going to be surrounded. We're not going to be removed or we're not going to be moved by anything that happens. We're not going to be affected by our surroundings. Just like the mustard seed is never affected by its surroundings. We're not going to be affected by any negative report because most miracles are not instant. They can be instant. But most of them are progressive. But you can lose it if you give place to a negative symptom. Like Jesus said to Jairus, fear not. Don't get into the emotional realm. But just believe. Amen. So Father, I thank you for my sister right now. And I just release that healing power to flow in every organ, every tissue, every cell in her body, bringing about a complete healing and a cure. Be thou made whole in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I speak peace, peace to her soul, peace. Be thou made whole in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for my brother. I thank you, Father God. If there need be a creative miracle, we release a creative miracle into this body. I come against every malfunction, irregularity, abnormality. We give it no place. We decree, Father God, he is covered with the blood of Jesus. Satan, you cannot cross that bloodline. We push you back, we push you back, we push you back. I release healing and wholeness into his body, into every organ, every tissue, every cell in his body, bringing about a complete healing and a cure. Be thou made whole in Jesus' name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Creative miracle, Father God, in Jesus' name. In the name that's above all other names, the name of Jesus. There's power in the name. So I speak the name, the healing name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that I lay my hand upon my brother, that that healing power flows. Every organ, every tissue, every cell in his body. The bones, the blood, the marrow, the tendons, the ligaments. Be thou made whole. Spirit, there it is. Spirit, soul, and body in Jesus' name. The name of Jesus I release your healing power, Lord. No weapon formed against her will prosper. I thank you she's covered with the blood and that she's been delivered, delivered from all sickness, all disease, every malfunction, irregularity. Any tumors, we say no, we give you no place, no trespassing on God's property be thou made whole in Jesus there it is Jesus Jesus Jesus. Father I thank you for my brother I thank you that healing belongs to him so we stand in agreement right now that no weapon formed against him will prosper that his health is restored speedily with long, strong life. Be thou made whole in the name that's above all other names, the powerful, precious name of Jesus, Jesus. Be thou made whole in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. I just want to encourage you all today to stay in the word and stir up and feed that mustard seed faith. Amen. Thank you. Don't forget the book table in the back.
1: So uh, let's uh, get, get prepared to receive the offering. Um, everybody, uh, I want everybody to know that all of the offering will go directly to Miss Marilyn, and to her ministry. Um, and so whatever you, you plan to give, um, you're welcome to give that. We're not going to take up two separate offerings. We're going to take up one. And so um, and sure appreciate uh, the generosity of, of all the folks here. You all are wonderful givers. And I've been reading that verse about how God loves a cheerful giver, someone that <laughs> enjoys it. Has fun doing it. So that's the way God wants it. He don't want us to to feel compelled to give. He wants us to have a cheerful and willing heart. And so, Father, I pray for this offering today, and I thank you that it will be blessed. The people that give will be blessed, and Miss Marilyn and her ministry will be blessed. And we thank you, Lord, that you cause us to have an overflow of blessings so that we can give any time that there's a need. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come ahead, Mr. Jared. Appreciate all your help, Jared. Especially when Chip's out, he <laughs> always helps. But uh, he's been helping extra. Um, and uh, again, don't forget the, the book table back there. Miss um, Cami and Miss Marilyn will be back there. Um, some really good books. I've I've really enjoyed reading many of those. They're they're awesome. Um, and and uh, I think we know Miss Marilyn's heart. You know, she wants to help help us all, right? So uh, help through through the gift that God's put in her. And so if it's okay, I'll go ahead and pray for our meal, so that way when it gets ready, we can just dig in. So, Father, we thank you for the food. We, we bless it. We call it blessed. We thank you that it will nourish our bodies. And we thank you for the fellowship and for, for the abundance that you've given us so that we can enjoy a meal together, and we're thankful for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so everybody has got an assignment, come back to healing school and think of some questions. So if, even if you're, on, uh, if you're so sure. joining, I know Jerry has to join from a distance, send some questions in. And uh, Miss Marilyn's got it on her heart to answer questions. So I, I always like a little advance warning so I can think of some, right? So think of some questions and come back at 3 o'clock and um, you're dismissed.